Welcome. Today is Monday, March 11th. Hard or soft? Our question the podcast leads to some very interesting results that may have a few different interpretations. Basketball's in full swing. Selection Sunday is less than a week away, and we talk about the hottest team in the NBA. Mr. Big Chest is heading in the black hole. Brewed IPAs are starting to trend. We debate the definition of a craft brewery and talk potatoes. Let's go. Three, two, one. This is the Matt and Muse Show with Matt Hunsler and Adam Musinski. The ankle has landed. All right, we're back, baby. Woohoo! So, exciting events coming up. The Players Championship starts this weekend. Yeah, less exciting things. St. Patrick's Day is this weekend. Boo. So everyone's going to be out at the bar celebrating St. Patrick's Day, and I'll be sitting on my couch watching the final round of the players and hole 17 in all its par 3 glory. Yay. <laughs> Adam, the other day I was duped. Duped? I was I was taken for a sucker. Well, that doesn't surprise me, but what happened? Went to the gas station. Okay. And I put my card in the pump, and I thought I selected the correct fuel type. And I'd never been to the station before, but I didn't think I could make to my usual speedway. And I grabbed the handle all the way to the left, or the nozzle all the way to the left. There was mm-hmm. three of them. Instead of three buttons, it was three separate nozzles. And I started pumping. I'm like, man, gas prices really went up. <laughs> and I look, and that was the plus. Regular unleaded was in the middle. Plus was on the left, premium was on the right. Now, that really made me upset, and I think there needs to be a general rule that every gas station has the same order of their handles and buttons so the poor, unsuspecting citizen, like myself, doesn't get fooled and duped. (laughs) You did get duped. That's why they do it that way, though. It's stupid. (laughs) I think that should be illegal. But it's, it, it goes off the conversation we were having before we came on air. It's I have two computers up here to control the show and to look stuff up. And the show computer, the keyboard's a little wider, so it kind of screws me up when I'm typing. And then the control and the FN keys are opposite than what's on my research computer. And I, got, I get duped every day. The control and the FN key? <laughs> it's the function key, Adam. <laughs> FN <and> control. <laughs> You said it, not me. Those truckers. Those truckers. <laughs> yeah, so I get really upset at the gas station the other day. I would be too. <sighs> Felt like an idiot. I really did. And you wasted all that money. I hope you get like superior gas mileage. I know you won't, but I hope you do. No, I already need gas again. <laughs> you made it two days. All I right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Question of the podcast. Hard or soft shell tacos? Um, keep chiming them in. We have tons of votes already through our social media channels uh, up to now. But uh, we want to know your thoughts. If you have not voted, please let us know. We will get to those results at the end of the show. Um, it's brought to you by McCormick. Original taco seasoning mix. Get 24 one-ounce seasoning packets for only eleven ninety-six. Go to the link in the episode description to get yours today. And always, mattmuse.com. Click on featured products and all our featured products from the show. That's enough taco seasoning to last me an entire year. 24? Yeah. That won't last me two months. How often do you eat tacos? That's tacos twice a month. Easy. Once a week. 
something Mexican related. And they, oh. they're less than fifty cents each, man. That's a great. No, deal. it's a great deal. It really yeah. is. Just saying, that's it's a lot of taco seasoning. A lot of taco seasoning. I love taco seasoning. We just threw everyone for a huge loop. Here at Matt Muse, we are continually evolving and becoming better. And this is part of it. Beer the podcast right now. This is my first beer since the last beer I had. This is my first beer since last Monday. I'm going really hard at giving up drinking for a while, except for Monday night. I could one beer. So we'll always be drinking 16 ounces. <laughs> we might have to do some Natty Daddy 25 ounce <laughs> cans in a little bit. <laughs> Wait till Natterdays comes out. Mm-hmm. We totally should. <laughs> Our beer of the podcast. Natterdays. We're all going to be 16 ounces or better. <laughs> we got to grab some 19.2s next week. And we are going um, on location in a couple of weeks. So when we go there, uh, I'll be ordering pitchers. <laughs> That's my one beer. <laughs> But we digress. We digress. Digress? 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 Uh, digress. I digress. Uh, I digress. Midland Brewing Company. Evan Westerfeld. What's up, dude? Um, giving you guys a shout out here. Midland Brewed IPA. Um, obviously, their flagship's Copper Harbor Ale. Um, it's a fantastic beer. Uh, very well received in the market. Midland Brewed IPA, honestly, though, is my favorite beer from them. Uh, they just came out with it a couple months ago. As we all know, the Brute IPA. Um, trend is is evolving here in Michigan, and Midland Brewing Company uh, jumped on board. And this is honestly my favorite brew, and I will tell you right now, my favorite beer from Midland Brewing Company. It's a damn good beer. It really is. So Midland came from obscurity in the last couple of years. Yes. They had very low following. Um, not many people really expected great things from them. And... The beers that they've been coming out with as of late, really the last calendar year, year and a half, have been very good, exceptional. They're on the cutting end of a lot of trends. Mm-hmm. Um, cutting edge, rather. I don't, you're not going to cut with an end of anything. Um, What's and, up, Evan? <laughs> He's they're, listening. Uh, they're, uh, they're really doing some great stuff. And everything that I'm seeing moving forward, hopefully this progresses the same way, which I think it will. So keep it up out there, guys. It's yeah. good to have another local brewery that's really hammering home, making good beer. Mm. Yeah, shout out to Evan Westerfeld. Uh, he's watching right now on Facebook Live. And Teresa Wasinski, there's the two sales people on the, in the field for them. Uh, both of those guys are really hard workers. They do a great job. Uh, shout out to Kyle Sanborn. Uh, he's a head brewer over there, really cool dude. Really young dude, man. He's really innovative. He's really smart. He knows what he's doing. And uh, Dave Kepler, uh the owner, he's uh, spares no expense when it comes to making good beer and having a good operation going on there. So shout out to all you guys. Happy to be drinking your beer. Beer. We're going to dive more into beer every week. Um, head first. Yeah, head first. Head I hate first diving feet first. first. I guess it's not so a dive. It's more of a jump, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You ever jump into a keg or a, t- a tank? That'd be fun. No, that's, that's a weird question. Why would you ask me that? Why would you think that I would jump into a beer tank? <laughs> I know you do weird things, man. <laughs> um, there is actually, there's a couple hotels. I don't know. I think there's one in Ohio, maybe. But you can go stay at the hotel, and you can bathe in beer. Is it one of the BrewDog hotels? Uh, yes. Yeah. There's a few other ones, like in Germany and in the Netherlands yeah. and stuff. 
but apparently beer is very good for exfoliating and rejuvenating your skin. Interesting. I did not know that. I'd rather drink it than I'd rather pour drink it on it. my body. Like but ooze out of my pores. There we go. That's rejuvenating. Yep. Until I shower, then I feel better. Um, <laughs> so brewed IPAs are here, nonetheless. Um, the IPA uh, market went from West Coast to East Coast to New England to Super Hoppy to Session. Now we're at Brewed IPA, which is dry and champagne-y. Um, and in the market and, and through industry people that I know, uh, there's another trend on its way. Do you want to take a stab at what that trend is? In the it's, it's, It deals with IPAs. Way to put me on the spot. I don't know. You, you, you don't look at your notes because it's in your notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is how I know Matt never looks at the notes until he sits down and gets on the microphone. <laughs> I'm super well prepared. I'm surprised you didn't um, botch the reading more. I did. What's that? I'm surprised you didn't botch the reading more for <laughs> the intro. I usually read that through a couple times. Um, one thing that I did read about uh, starting West Coast area of the U.S., a lot of places are trying to create an IPA that's got zero IBUs which doesn't make any sense to me at all but is that is that it by that's the way? it yeah, yes. I'm shocked I'm shocked <laughs> um, so with these beers the way that I sort of understood it and it was sort of described to me is this beer is going to have all the flavor profile of the hops but none of the bitterness so I don't I don't get it. I, I really don't. I mean with an IPA I expect hoppy, I expect a little bit of bite in the mm. tongue. Um I expect almost to have a dry mouth after I'm drinking it because of the hops. I don't know how I'm gonna have that same feeling without the bitterness, but still be considered an IPA. It's just an odd thing to think about for me. Do you remember the beer from Atwater called No Joke Joker? Yep. That was a zero IBU, or low, I think it was 10 IBUs. Yep. Um, IPA says along that same category. It's really weird. Like Honestly, I had a sample of it, so I can't really divulge my interest in it or anything or what my, my thoughts of the style are too much because I haven't really tasted much of them. Um, but it's definitely, it, it's here. You know, it's coming. Uh, it hit the West Coast a while ago. It, it, you'll see it in Michigan within the next few weeks. I can guarantee you that. So it's here. Uh, it's something you know. Again, we're gonna we're gonna bring in, and uh, who knows? It might blow up. It might not. It might fall flat on its face. But but it's here, and everyone's gonna give it a try. So one thing I don't exactly like about it is the possibility it, it confusing consumers. I mean, you get your average person that goes into a bar and says, "No, I don't like IPAs," and then eventually they try one of these beers, like, "Oh, I love IPAs." Mm-hmm. They go to their bar and they get what they think is a similar beer to the one with low IBU or no IBU, and they don't like it. Right. Well, that's the true definition of an IPA. So you don't like IPAs. You like these younger, weird step-sibling yeah. of an IPA. Adjunct. I, I don't even know if I'd call it an adjunct IPA. But that's the same when it comes to the parent um, seasonal fruit series. True. Where they do grapefruit IPA and blackberry IPA. While, yes, the base of that beer is an IPA, the fruit mellows the bitterness out to where it's more of an ale. And a perfect example of this is Blackberry IPA. My mother-in-law was over. This was probably a year ago now. And she's like, I don't want to, I don't want that one. It's an IPA. I'm like, no, just try it. And she tried it. She thought it was really good. She's like, there's no bitterness. I'm like, exactly. That's why the IPA on that can scares people. I'm sure it gets some people to buy it more, but also scares a potential customer away because they just see IPA and know I'm not going to like it. 
But at the same time, I mean, it's a, what, 20, 25 IBU beer. You're going to attract more consumers calling it an IPA than than you're going to attract consumers calling it a fruit ale. And it's it's all a marketing thing. It really is. I mean, that's why I think they're going with this zero IBU calling it an IPA. But... I mean, there's there's way more chemistry in it than than we're oh, really yeah, going yeah, into. I yeah. mean, the the alpha and beta acids in the hops, um, each hop adds its own varietals in the beer. Um, varietals is not the right word. Each hop varietal adds its own flavors into mm-hmm. the beer. Excuse me, um, but I don't know. I'm excited to try it, but I'm scared. I'm leery. Yes, I'm very leery to see what, word. what the market says because. You and I think one thing, but we, we are not the majority by any means. We're in the industry every day, and we drink a hell of a lot of beer. We know what we like just by a description. I can tell you if I like it or not. You know, you're you're the same. So it's really interesting to see what's going to occur. Is all a description? <laughs> all beer. <laughs> hey, I'll put that to the test. I got some beer you probably won't like. <laughs> tell you what, I was really skeptical about that uh Salt and lime Medela we tried. Oh yeah, that's that was funny. Really good. Oh gosh, dude, Natter days, dude. If, Ninety degrees and I'm on the boat. I'm gonna crush me some Natter days. Ninety I don't degrees care. and I'm in the shower. Ninety degrees and I'm in bed. Ninety degrees I'm doing any time I'm doing anything in any temperature. That beer is crushed. I think I drank it when it was like twenty degrees outside, and I'd still crush it then. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like a strawberry lemonade slushy. Money. Oh man, dude. Ideas, baby. Slushy Ideas. machine. Have a two and a half year old birthday for. Oh, actually, I'm having a one year old party. <laughs> I forgot my daughter's gonna be one this Dude, summer. Totally get a slushy machine. slushy machine. Hey, Blake's Rosés and slushies at the farm. Uh, I know, but beer foams up a lot more than I bet cider you can does. Do it. I don't know, it's cheap beer. Who knows? Go buy a thirty rack. Just pour in a slushy machine. Exactly. And see what happens. Um, something that we've talked about, Matt and I, outside of this format here is the craft brewery brewers association the definitions and all that fun stuff the independency and and what craft beer is and how it's technically defined so for those who don't know there's a thing in the united states called the brewers association and it's basically for all the craft breweries a way to just help you out they work with government affairs um, legislation uh, they give you a bunch of resources, practices, business tools. Um, there's other guilds throughout the United States, brew pub stuff. So it's a huge resource uh, for those in the beer industry and those brewers. It truly turns breweries that are competing against one another into allies. Yeah, in a exactly. certain extent. And it's something that is very vital to this market and this I don't know what word I'm looking Industry. for. Industry. Industry. There you go. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so in 2006. I'm like a thesaurus over here. <laughs> right. That's not hard when you're sitting next to me. <laughs> a thesaurus, thesaurus. <laughs> Roar. <laughs> I watched Family Guy before I came over here. Jimmy, come out even. And we got oh, a sound by sound. Yeah, so yeah we got a soundboard now. <laughs> Anyways. I digress. <laughs> yes, I just said the right word. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you used it in the. Uh... Yeah, because I'm digressing from our conversation back to craft beer. Okay. Okay. So craft beer, <laughs> the Brewers Association, <laughs> basically went back and in, in 2006 they decided we need to define what a craft brewery is. Uh, so they're. I'm gonna pull it up here so I don't get it wrong, but they basically said. 
uh, craft brewery is anyone who is less than 25% owned by a company other than the craft brewery. So basically, independence, if you're owned by Anheuser-Busch, you would not then, at least 25%, you would not fall into this category. Um, you make only beer, and you make under 2 million barrels. That was back in 2006. That was This wave is just coming, you know, at this point. Uh, 2007, so a year later, um, they said you had to make more beer than anything else, so you still had to make beer, but you had to have traditional styles in your portfolio. So you, you had to stick to traditional beers from back in Germany and, and all those days before basically the United States was even around. So it's basically going back to the roots of what beer started as. Then 2010, um, they decided to go from 2 million barrels to 6 million barrels. And this change is very vital because of who it was changed specifically to basically accommodate. And that's Yingling and Boston Beer Company. They were getting very close to that 2 million barrel mark. And while people, myself, was kind of skeptical, like, well, do you really want to change it just for them? From the Brewers Association and what they see, it's here's my biggest supporter and the person that writes me the biggest check. So we need to make sure we're still cashing that check and that's how they're going to keep them in the, the Brewers Association. And then in 2014, um, they decided to try, oh, get rid of the traditional pillar. So basically you just had to make beer and you had to make the majority of beer under 6 million uh, barrels a year and then it had to be uh, less than 25% owned by a non-craft beer company. So... Why I bring this up is because it just changed again, uh, beginning of this year, end of last year. So again, production is still under 6 million barrels, uh, still independent owned, so it has to be less than 25% owned by uh, someone that's not a craft brewery, basically. And then all you need to be a craft brewer independent seal from the Brewers Association is a TTB Brewers Notice, and you have to make beer. True. Example. Matt over here is a big fan of Spike Seltzer. <laughs> so Matt is going to open up his own Spike Seltzer company. And in the first year, Matt makes seven, or not seven, five million barrels of craft hard seltzer water. Holy crap, them. that's a hell of an and opening. He, he's making tons of money. And in, in this year, he makes one barrel of beer. Guess what? You're a craft brewer. Look at me go. By the Brewers Association. Look definition. at me. Now... I talk about this as far as I'm going to do three little sections here. As far as six million barrels, I don't really care. I understand you want to keep Sam Adams into it. I understand they're huge and they're selling a lot of liquid. I get it. So here's the flip side to that. Where would you consider them? They're still technically independent just because they're making a ton of beer. Mm -hmm. Why not keep extending that threshold for them until... They are never not going to be independent. No, I know. Them and Yangling are so large, they can survive being independent still without mm -hmm. having all these, these buyouts. Why not extend that threshold for them? I think that's a great idea. Oh, it is. They're only they're barely over 2 million barrels right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this, this six, I, I do believe if they ever do get to that 6 million barrel mark, it's going to continue extending. I'm fine with that. You know, they're, they're the big guys. They still are independent, like you said, and they're still fighting for little dudes. So no, I, I'm all for it. Okay, but, good. Yeah, well, no, we're on the same page. Yeah, I, I get right. that. Um, one, I'm not I, – I get what they're trying to do. They're, I'd say, independent, less than 25% owned um, or controlled by a beverage alcohol industry member that is not itself a craft brewer. So basically, when founders sold 30% to San Miguel out of Mexico, they lost their independent seal mm -hmm. and their craft brewery license. 
not license, but label. I don't like this rule. I think 25% is just too little of a number. I think it could go up t as long as majority, maybe it's got to be 51%. If you don't want to get that close to the line, we'll make it, make sure you 45, 45 or something. But I just think 25% is so, so small in the industry where if someone comes and offers you X millions of dollars, you're like, sweet, now I can buy some more hops. You yep. a better hop I mean, contract. So when founders did sell out that certain percentage, it was twenty five exactly, wasn't it? Thirty was there. Oh, it was, it was thirty. It was thirty. Yeah, it was that's, 30. Right. that's right. Um, so when they sold the thirty percent share of their their company, it was to not just to sell out. It was to grow their company. I mean, founders is renowned for making some of the highest quality beer, and still renowned for making some of the highest quality beer in the U.S., if not the world, and the fact that they received X amount of dollars to say, okay, we're going to open up your distribution footprint. We're going to mm -hmm. give you accessibility to more supplies, more brewing resources, more raw materials. Um, and by the way, we're going to help you spearhead everything and become a more one directional company throughout the entire world. Cause they're in yeah. 30 different countries right. or whatever right, right. now. Um, why would you say no to that? It'd exactly. be stupid to say no to that. But on the flip side, they're no longer an independent craft brewery. Well, if you're making millions of dollars from this third-party company or you're paying into the independent brewer's mm. guild, I don't know. That'd be tough to weigh the options. Yeah. I, something I always look at, especially talking to retailers in our industry that get mad about founders for doing this, is you got little... Joe and Bob's party store on the corner. Okay, he, he runs a good business, has a good craft market. They're doing great. Meyer knocks on his door. Knock, knock, knock. Um, hi, Joe, Bob. I'm going to give you $10 million. I'm going to give you access to all the items you currently have in your store, but at a cheaper price. <laughs> and all I want to do is sign your paycheck. Okay. Is Mr. Retailer Joe Bob going to say no? <laughs> no, he's not. So I, I just... <laughs> I get, if you want to be independent, you want to push that, cool. But make make sure you have the 50% or a little more than 50%, 60% or whatever. But make that 25% still is just bugging me. It's way too low. Founders make some good beer. They don't count in this. You don't think Founders is going to put up money for you? You don't think Shorts is going to put up money? Well, I guess Shorts still falls into it because it's only nineteen ninety nine. But I don't know. My, Canarchy, all those guys in Canarchy don't count because they're owned by Fireman's Capital. Yep. And it's that's it. Like, you have one of the strongest brewery collectives in the world that you're not even allowing to come into your craft beer industry through the Brewers Association. Tell you what, I'd rather have Canarchy beer than some of these other. Oh, places for sure, one hundred percent. Not to throw breweries under the bus, but Canarchy yeah, I just want founders good beer. make phenomenal beer, the and just because you're independent doesn't mean you're good. Right, exactly. That was something I was listening to actually on one of the podcasts I was doing was. Cool, you can be independent, you can be a craft brewer, but if you don't make good beer, guess what? I'm not going to buy it. And that's exactly what it is. I'm going to buy the person that makes good beer. I don't care who signs your paycheck. I don't care if it's AB. If your beer is good, I'm drinking it. Yep. Um, then my last one I have a little bone to pick with is, has a, TTT, has a TTB brewer's notice and makes beer? Okay. <laughs> craft beer. You want to be a craft brewer. I think you need to make the majority of your products beer. I know why they changed it, because this year it looks like the majority of Boston Beer Company is going to come from cider, tea, and spiked seltzer combined over <laughs> beer. But you can I, I think this is when it gets into the point of we need to make different directions with this organization. And it's 
cool, we're going to be, you can be part of the Brewers Association. Cool. Here's your Brewers Association umbrella. You got your craft brewers over here that follow the under 6 million barrels, 45% owned or less, and makes the majority of their things beer. Cool. Awesome. Then you have, I don't know what you want to call it, the major players or some, get, get the cool name. You know, this is where Boston beer goes, basically. And the guys that, your FMB, I don't, there's got to be a cool word for it, but basically, your guys that are still craft and make everything and do a lot of things really on small levels and stuff, but are focused more on FMBs and, and spike Okay, here's an idea for you then. Okay. Um, why can't you have sort of what you're saying, different sections underneath the umbrella of the Independent Brewers Association? Mm-hmm. Well, you've got all your beer making businesses over here, all your breweries. Why can't you have something that focuses on breweries, another group that focuses on cider? Because they mm-hmm. currently don't have anything like this. They get shunned from the Independent Brewers Guild because they're not making beer. They have their own little groups yeah. and everything, yeah. but it's not nearly as well connected as mm-hmm. um, as this is. And then you can have a, a third party because you've got businesses like Boston Beer that experiments and dabbles in other beverages outside of beer. So you got your flavor malt beverages, you got your... Yeah, they do ciders, they do seltzer waters, all that type of stuff. Why can't there be multiple groups under the same umbrella? I mean, that'd be a way to achieve the same type of thing. Exactly. Instead of instead of saying, okay, Boston Beer, this year you're making more profit on X product. You have to go here this year, we'll move you back here this year. No, they can be in multiple divisions, mm-hmm. but, I mean, that's the way their brewery is set up. They don't make everything in the same brew house. Yeah. Why can't they contribute yeah. three different ways? Why can't Boston Beer come in as Sam Adams, Angry Orchard, Twisted Tea, Truly? They, no, they absolutely can. Exactly. Like, exactly. No, I, I like that idea. Exactly. I agree. I mean, it's that's the one that really Be gets me is there's there's so many um, orchards out there that make fantastic cider. Mm-hmm. And we have Blake's coming out in a couple of weeks. It's perfect. Yep. Example. I mean, we got we got Blake's just in Michigan. We've got dozens. Blake's, Uncle John's, Virtue, just name three of 50. Vandermill. Vandermill, another great one. Um, why can't they all be included in the same type of network? They're not. Exactly. I mean, that's that's just we're one state out of dozens that grow apples, that have orchards, that make fantastic hard ciders, and they're sort of just left to do it on their own for mm. the most part, which sucks. I agree. I think it'd be awesome. Tandem ciders. Have you had tandem ciders? Yes. Oh, God. Phenomenal. Fan. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. All right. That's our beer banner. <laughs> That's enough of that for now. All right. Front of the show, Cafe 13 up in Call Holland, Michigan, is celebrating their one-year anniversary. We told them, yo, we'll give you a shout-out. You're coming on the show a couple weeks. We'll help you out. Uh, buy one, get ones all week long. They support us. You should support them. BOGO. Uh, they're located at 1459 South Huron Road in Call Holland. Give them a, a holler and head on up there. They make give some them great food. Yee-hoo! Yee-hoo! they say up in Call Holland. <laughs> call Holland, Michigan. Um... No, they do a wonderful job up there. Delicious deli. They had a really nice little store in there as well. Uh, yeah, beer, wine, liquor, etc. On top of all the food that they sell, definitely worth checking out if you're ever up in the Cuckallan area. It's just not a city name that you can say <laughs> just with call, ease. Call yeah, actually, I always have issues sounding it out. Cuckallan. Um, so yeah, check them out up there. Uh, ben and Megan do a phenomenal job. We support them. They support us. And that's it's cool. Yeah. If you guys ever, if anyone out there wants to sponsor us or has an interest, please let us know. We're very flexible. We have basically one plan, and it's all up to negotiation from there. So 
we have a starting point. Just holler at us. You know how to get a hold of us. And like I said last week, we're not like physically flexible, but uh, <laughs> mentally. Well, not mentally flexible either, but our business strategy is very flexible. Yeah, we'll work with you. We don't care. Remember to vote. Uh, question of the podcast, hard or soft tacos? There's a lot of people out here watching. Uh, they have not voted yet. Please let us know. Ooh, Joe McMahon has good treats for tomorrow. I'm excited. All right. right. I saw this going around. Uh, Big Ten basketball finished up on Sunday. Uh, MSU came back and beat Michigan. I was that was I was shocked. A phenomenal game. Go I, Green. Yeah, I, I was watching that game and I'm like, wow, Michigan looks really good. And then the second half came and I was like, wow, that's why they're Michigan State. Um, this season showed me once again. And okay. Let me get this out of the way first. Yes, I'm a Michigan State fan. <laughs> born and raised a Michigan State fan, but I will root for Michigan every single time that them winning does not adversely affect Michigan State. Thank you. I'm a I'm a Big Ten fan. I'm a Michigan State fan, um, but I will never root for Ohio State unless they're playing Alabama, in which case I guess go Ohio State. No, no. I, I hope they both lose. This earthquake stadium yep. crumbles. Yep. I probably wouldn't even watch the game because I didn't care. <laughs> anyway, so the Michigan-Michigan State basketball game. Going into the season, I expect, with healthy rosters on both sides, yes. I expected a split. I expected both teams to win at home, and that's it. Michigan State went into U of M, and they played one of the best games of their entire season, and they won. Props to them. Awesome. That was a steal. Absolute steal. Michigan State... Then took Michigan on at home on senior night. Um, last game of the year, playing the rivals for a whoever won that game was a co-champion in the conference. Michigan State came out pretty flat. They made adjustments at halftime, ended up winning the game. In all, both games were phenomenal, but the season that Michigan State had really shows me how great of a coach Tom Izzo actually is. He's down... Uh, one, two players with injury between Joshua Lankford and what's going on? I just got some fantastic news in the beer industry about someone moving jobs. I'll tell you off the air. <laughs> Sorry. <Okay. laughs> Thanks for paying attention. I am paying attention. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Me off guard. Um, so, oh, Joshua Lankford and Nick Ward were out with injuries. Um, you had Arns, who had back spasms. You had Cash Winston got in a foul trouble. He brought some freshmen off the bench, and they ended up doing okay, and they won the game. It was awesome. It was an outstanding game. Good job, Izzo. Good job, Spartans. Michigan, don't keep your heads down. It's a great season. Now you're going to the conference championship, your conference tournament, excuse me, and the March Madness tournament. You've got a long road ahead of you still, and there's no reason you can't make a good run as well. Big Ten was fun to watch this year, all in all. I mean, there was teams beating teams that shouldn't have, and teams losing to teams that they should have beat i mean it was it was all mixed up it was all screwed up it was awesome really fun to watch but now we're coming to conference championship season we already got a few teams that punched the ticket to the the big dance which is always fun to see like the Mm -hmm. the ohio valley conference champion storm the court after they win just to be a like 13 seed or something (laughs) right it's cool or in the in the region but it's it's always really cool. This is a really fun time for for college basketball, and I was happy to see my Spartans be a co-champion. If they just I don't know, beat Indiana or not sucked a couple times, <laughs> one more win, one, yeah, one win. 
But whatever. It was a good season. Good season all around. I feel good now. I'm glad we could talk about that. So do you have your starting five? I do. Okay. So we saw, I saw on the free press the other day, Detroit free press, holler, shout out, shout out. Give us a shout out. Um, starting five, basically from Michigan, Michigan State, you had to make a combination of, they gave us, what, 25 players, each were worth so much money, um, and you had 15 bucks. Um, so yeah, uh, we will, I'm going to put that link on Facebook right now, actually, or on Instagram. We'll get it out there by the end of the show. After show. But anyways, starting five, so 15 bucks. Um, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, I'll go first. Okay. Um, I took for five dollars Magic Johnson. I think that's a no-brainer. I did the same thing. I'm gonna laugh. We have the same starting five. So I doubt we do. About it. Um, for four dollars, I took Jalen Rose. So I went back to back five dollars here, and I also Ooh. took Chris Webber. Nice. He's not going to be in charge of calling timeouts. I'm going to tell the <laughs> official before the game if he calls timeout, ignore him because he doesn't know what he's doing. But I've already got ten dollars spent. Okay, <laughs> so you're down to you. Ten, I guess I I spent nine uh, for three dollars. Good old Mo Pete. How much money do we have? Fifteen. Fifteen. Oh shoot, yeah. that's right. You got five dollars left. <laughs> so I had a uh, Mo Pete poster in my room in 2000 when they won the championship, and Mo Pete, Mateen Cleves, and I can't remember the third one. I got them at Seven Eleven. I just wanted to let yeah from know. the from the free press. Oh, too. Was it? Yes, they're like this big. Like, yeah, yeah, because they were doing all like the Red Wings too. Because they were. Like, oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could get yep. a different one. Yep, yep. I had them. That's right. Hell yeah. Um, I'm gonna jump down to three dollars here, and Nick Staustis. Ooh, nice. This is really bad radio. We should have thrown this list out beforehand. Absolutely. Uh, number through two dollars, Charlie Bell. Um. Okay. So I had to pick two one dollar ones, and it was it was. Easy for me to take one. Second one was a little difficult. But Miles Bridges, obviously, is going to take him because he's a steal at $1. And then uh, Kalen Lucas from Michigan State. I always liked watching him play. And that's my $15, and my team's going to beat yours. Cause I took Miles Bridges for a dollar because for a dollar, that's a great dollar to spend. For what it's worth, Bridges, I think you're worth way more than a dollar. Yeah, <laughs> when I saw him at a dollar, I'm like, well, there's a steal. He uh, did get named the Big Ten Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. So congratulations to him. We were going to have him on for, for an interview tonight, but uh, he had to cancel last minute. An emergency came up. So uh, maybe uh, maybe after the tournaments. Totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh, we're terrible. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> um, sticking with basketball real quick. Stay tuned. Coming in the future, Matt and Muse, are gonna, we're going to have a uh, bracket, a pool Boy. that we're going to put together. More details to come. It's going to be through ESPN. You can get an app on your phone that you can just fill out a bracket in your phone. Super easy. It's free. And we're going to get as many people in as possible and try to get some winners, less neat prizes, hopefully. And it'll be fun. So stay tuned. We'll put the link out as soon as the uh, the bracket gets uh, completely set up and f- we can fill it out and try to beat us. It'll be cool. It'll be fun. Uh, one more basketball note. Hottest team in the NBA right now, any guess? Hottest team in the NBA right now does not come from Michigan. Want to bet? No way. 12 of 14. Really? Winners of 12 of the last 14. Uh, best two-week, three-week stretch wherever they're at now. They've already three or four-week stretch, actually. Um, yeah, Detroit Pistons, baby. They've so they've got, what, win 16 wins in the season? Like 40? 
They're they might be the sixth spot. They're they're locked in right now. Are they locked in? Yeah. Yep. So good for them. Yeah, I'm excited. I like basketball. I know you don't, but I do. I I don't. I I like basketball. I don't like the NBA. I think the NBA is a terrible league full of terrible people. Fair enough. (laughs) Um. I mean, I would never say that to. Professional basketball player's face because he could pay somebody to beat me up. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it's a garbage league. Uh, so, as everybody knows, I am a huge Antonio Brown fan, and I'm a huge Steelers fan. So it was a match made in heaven when Antonio Brown went to the Steelers in the sixth round a couple years ago. Well, that's like nine years ago now. Um, he's officially been traded over to the Oakland Raiders. I will remain a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and I will remain an Antonio Brown fan. So screw you, everybody. I think we should look back somewhere. So I feel like I said somewhere, I bet you Antonio Brown's going to go to Oakland. I'm very certain. I think you I did, that. actually. Yeah, like, if you got time, you can go look it up. Like 99% sure I found that. Uh, I said that. <laughs> he is getting, uh, he's got a three-year contract. He's getting actually an increase from $38 million to fifty. And all that money is actually, the majority of it is going to be guaranteed. So actually, moving forward, if he stayed with the Steelers, none of his money was guaranteed. But they did still have to take a $21 million dead cap hit this year. So they have $21 million that they cannot spend against their cap. So that was one of the biggest ones in uh, NFL history. But so there's obviously fans that are upset about it. As a fan, yeah, it kind of sucked the way it went down. But for the NFL and the players, what he did was show power and he got his way. And I think for a union that does not do a good enough job at representing its players and their demands compared to the NBA and the MLB, I think it was a very good move, and he's getting a lot of praise from other players throughout the league. Honestly, the NFLPA is one of the weakest professional players associations in the world. They don't do anything. Oh, yeah, for sure. The only thing that they are focused on right now is making it okay to use marijuana, which is a completely different thing, which I think is funny. That's their biggest point of influence right now is letting people smoke weed while they're playing. Well, not while they're playing. <laughs> During the season. Not rolling a joint out in the field. but Right. You know what I mean. Um, but yeah. it's exciting. More local news for us, our local cardiac kittens, the uh, Detroit Lions made some big, big, big moves. Big moves. Like, Huge I am moves. excited for football, and it is only March 11th. So it started early afternoon today. It was announced the Lions signed Danny Amendola to a one-year, $5.75 million deal. I like half it. mil guaranteed. He's taking the spot of Golden Tate at a quarter of the price. Absolutely. And, I mean, he's he's got experience in the playoffs. He had experience winning Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. He played in he how leadership. many seasons with Brady out in New England. He recently just came from uh, Miami. Um, and I, I think that's a great pickup. We've never really had a true slot receiver. At least not in recent history. And I think he's going to fill that void very nicely. Uh, on top of that, one thing that we needed really bad last year was defensive backs. And we signed Justin Coleman to a four-year, twenty-five, excuse me, $26 million deal. Um, uh, there were many reports saying that he was one of the best available defensive free agents. And that was awesome to be able to scoop him up. Additionally, what people said that the Lions really needed when this draft came about was defensive lineman or an edge rusher. And what did they do? They picked up Trey Flowers, defensive end. He's well known for his his prowess in the end of the line. Uh, he's really quick off the ball. He hits hits really hard. Uh, he can chase down quarterbacks too, which is nice. 
Um, they signed him to a five-year, $80 million deal. And then recently, later tonight, Jesse James, young tight end from the Pittsburgh Steelers, picked him up. And he's, what, 24? 24, yeah. 24, 25. He's young. Um, so he's just, young. His, his rookie contract just expired. Yeah, he's young. He's got experience in a, in a halfway decent organization. He's big. He's strong. He's got good hands. Um, so that's huge. That's awesome. That's four huge pickups in one day. This is big. big. No, they're not ridiculously long contracts. Some of them are a few years. But... A four big news for the Lions. Huge news for Justin Lions. Coleman for four years and Trey Flowers for five years. He, they were getting that. So why not oh, the yeah. Lions, you know? Uh, Jesse James, before he left the Steelers, said, thank God I'm done with the Kardashians, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my other note was, um, rumor has it, they were all former Patriots except Jesse James. I stole that tweet. Yep. So, so I mean, that makes sense. Good old... Um, good old. Matty P's get them connections out. Right. It makes oh, it makes total sense. Um, I would love to see Patricia become. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt this last season. I would love to see him become the first super successful coach off the Belichick coaching tree. I would not be upset about that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, he's got the he's got the potential. He's got the the mind for it. He's got the the stick to the winning attitude. Winning attitude. Um, so for a while, there was rumors they were in the running for Tyron Matthew, who ended up signing with the Chiefs about an hour and a half ago. And then apparently Mark Ingram were still in the running force. That'd be cool bringing the Flint boy back home. Yeah, I could see him coming back. But I don't know if we need him. I like our backfield situation already. Yeah, I don't know if we need him, but if you got money to spend... Might as well spend it, right? Sure. I don't know. I've never had that situation, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had money to spend. I don't know. I don't know, boo-boo. Uh, hey, boo-boo. boo-boo. Let's uh, get a picnic basket. <laughs> sure. That was my terrible Yogi the Bear impression. Yogi the Bear is public domain, isn't he? We're going to assume so. I'm sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love this thing. <laughs> All right. It's <laughs> a good way to get me to shut up. <laughs> well, that one or this one? Exactly. Deal with it. Suck it up. I like that one, too. I spent last night just looking for sounds, and those are the only two I came up with. Love it. Love, love it, it. Love it. Love it. All right. One of my favorite segments and Matt's favorite segments, I think. At least that's what he tells me. Street fighting? Top basements? No. You want to go? That's also fun. I think I, I think I get it. I think I can take you. Dude. No problem. Sit down and suffocate you. <laughs> That's all it'd take. <laughs> I don't have enough energy to fight. <laughs> I got two kids. <laughs> Dude, Jameson got home today. He was in a great mood, which is like, I love it when he's in a good mood and everything. But damn, that kid would not stop. He was just running laps in our house. Like, got done eating dinner, just shoop, shoop, just laughing and pushing his truck around. And I was like, oh my God, I'm getting tired just watching you. Luckily, Olivia can't run yet, but uh, she's getting really good at pulling my beard hair out of my oh, face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which is excruciatingly painful. Excruciating. All right. So, our top six for but- today 
March 11th, 2019. Top six potato dishes. Number six. <laughs> One of them sounds a little com- computer animated because they are. Whatever, it's free. I, I like love it. it. So my number six, and I'm grouping them all together here. French fries. Nice. I love French fries. But they're not my favorite potato dish. I just French fries and eat with anything. Eat with burger or steaks or chicken wings or just on their own or with gravy and cheese or chili cheese. Oh, chili cheese even. Hell, salsa, ketchup, ranch, barbecue sauce. Unsalted, which is stupid. Salted, malt vinegar and salt. <laughs> just malt vinegar. Way too much malt vinegar that you have to dump some of it out of the bottom of your cup or poke holes in the bottom. Did that a few times at the fair. Um, you put some some spicy seasonings on them. I mean, you can do everything with French fries. They're just the best. I love French fries. Did you include potato wedges into that category? I think so because all they okay. are just. Thicker french fries to me, well, man. That's what I put as number six was potato wedges. All right. A little garlic and cheese, mozzarella cheese oh, on them. Oh, man. You ain't, you ain't kidding, man. Put them in the oven so they get toasty. Toasty. Absolutely. Do a little malt vinegar in them, them bad boys. Salt, salt and vinegar. A little, a little vinegar, vinegar and salt. Number five. Number five. American fries. Oh, I like to go up for breakfast. I'm not a huge hash brown guy. Sometimes the hash browns get too burnt. Sometimes they're like still wet. Like hash browns are tough. But American fries, though, let's chop up them potatoes and bake them on up. Throw some seasonings on them. Mm. I'm not. I'm not an American fry guy. I'm not gonna lie to you. Kami. Yeah. No. Uh, number five. I put baked potato. Good old baked potato, sour cream. I don't do the green onions. Mel likes the green onions. I'll do a little bacon, cheddar cheese. Next to a good old steak, some asparagus, mac and cheese. Ooh, that's a vegetable. Asparagus is a vegetable. Potatoes don't count as vegetables. They're basically the steaks of the garden. Oh, that's true. Number four. This one's very specific for me. It has to be garlic red skin mashed potatoes with the skins on. You you mash the skins right in. A little bit of extra fiber in there. Oh, it's nothing like it. It's just, I don't know what it is about red skin potatoes. They're just a little bit, a little bit cleaner, a little bit, a little bit sweeter, maybe. Little, just delicious, delectable. <laughs> it takes more work to mash them up. So you have to cut up a lot more red skin potatoes than you have to do russet oh, potatoes yeah. when you're mashing potatoes. Russet potatoes, you only need like one a person. I know. Or Yukon gold potatoes, some big ass potatoes. Tell you what. Big oh, ass those potato. red skin potatoes. I mean, it's a really nice little, beautiful red skin pearl potatoes. Just chop them up, mash them up, boil them up. Not in that order. They're good. <laughs> I noticed my number five and number four have something in common. They're both potatoes. Okay, they have two things in common. <laughs> you got me there. Uh, they both have bacon. <laughs> I like my potato with bacon, apparently. Um, some good old potato soup. Oh, I thought you were going to say potato skins. No. Well, that was on my list. It didn't make the It did not six. make my list because Applebee's ruined it for me. Yeah. Uh, no, potato soup. I like potato soup again. A little bacon, a little cheddar cheese. Um... From Cody's on Midland Road in Saginaw. Fantastical. So when I have potato soup, I, I really prefer a little, little diced ham in there. Nope, bacon. I mean, it's a little diced ham, a little cheese. Uh, it's it's much better that way, I think. No, bacon I, just adds too much of a salty characteristic to it. That's all soup is, is salt and sodium. So? Do you want more of it? 
You dump a pound of salt on one fry, but you won't put salt. You don't. You think salty soup is bad for you, <laughs> dude? <laughs> have you seen your arteries? Thank God I haven't. I, I, I was talking to Matt there. Dude. He was telling me how he got a blood test. And he goes, yeah, I went there, and the lady put the needle in my arm, and she ended up, all it did is suck out salt. Good thing she had fries, because she just poured it on there and started eating. That was terrible. That never happened. That was a Number terrible three. story. Did he even say anything? Number three. There we go. That was a great story. My number three is a baked potato, but it has to be done right. You With can't ham just... instead of bacon, no, so it's not no, no, salty. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's okay to have bacon on your baked potato, but you got to slice it down the middle. Then you got to slice it crossways a few times too, so you can really get in there. You throw a little bit of butter, sour cream, ham, onion. I guess I prefer chives over onion. Some cheese, not as salty. No. I love salt, okay? I just don't like super salty soups. <laughs> I put so much salt in everything. I'm going to turn into salt. But not my soups. My soup's nice and soupy. Isn't there something you put in salt and it like changes what it is? What? I feel like there's something like if you put in salt, like you, it's not, this is just an example of something that would change, but you put like coal and salt and it turns into a diamond. What? I feel like there is. I'm going to have to Google this later. I mean, salt can combine with other elements, I guess. I, I guess the raw form of salt is sodium, which is on the periodic table, so that can combine with other elements and make different liquids, gases, and solids. But Just shut up. Just shut up. You lost me at element. You're out of your element, boy. Hash browns. I love me some good old hash browns. You know how you make the best hash browns, Matthew? You take a pound of butter. <laughs> Even say it with straight face. You take a ton of butter, you pop it down on that pan. You plop it right down there. And you get it nice and liquidy. Then you take your all your hash browns and you put them on the pan. Once the butter's melted, you know. Then you know what you do next? You take some more butter and you put it on top of the hash brown. Absolutely. In specific locations. Once that melts, you let it sit for a minute or two, and then you flip them over and you got a nice crisp finish. I made the mistake last time I made hash browns and I went straight from the, the shredder because I made them like shredded my own oh, potatoes. Oh, man. You're fancy. I went straight from the shredder to the pan. Shouldn't have done that. Should have like dried them out a little yeah. bit because they just, they turned into like potato cake. Tasted good. <laughs> but uh, definitely wasn't a hash brown. It was, I don't know what it was. <laughs> no one does, Matthew. No one does. Number two. See, that, that one's a little tech. No techno, techno voice. Potatoes are rotten, Adam. <laughs> that is my number two. Potatoes are rotten, which is French for potatoes with rotten. I love me some rotten, which I believe is cheese. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that was on on my long list. Um, potatoes are rotten are delicious, no matter which way you make them, as long as you make them the right way. We're not fancy in my house when we make them. We just call them cheesy potatoes. They're different though. I mean, cheesy potatoes are made, they're made different way. Every time I've had potatoes all rotten, they're like sliced. Cheesy potatoes usually are either cubed or shredded. I think. Homemade French fries. Okay, all right. Yep. I will take a potato. I take lots of potatoes. Yeah, yes. Skin them very, like, not like real good, just enough to get most of it off, but not all of it, because you like a little skin on there. 
Cut them up, whatever size you want. I cut them by hand, man. It's pure. Then, like Matt made his mistake about not letting them dry out, you let them dry out for a couple hours. Throw them in a deep fryer for eh, 10 or 12 minutes. Throw them onto a cookie tray. Throw them in the oven to keep them warm. And you got yourself good old-fashioned french fries. My dad's got, at least he used to have it, I think he still does, a french fry cutter. My, we got my grandpa stick one. Stick a potato in that thing. He's got a big old lever on it. Yep. Shoo, shoo, slice them out. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, I got my, it's not really a recipe, just cut potatoes and dry them out and throw them in the deep fryer. <laughs> but my grandpa used to always do it when I was a kid. I always loved them. And that's what we ended up getting them that for Christmas one year. It was a french fry cutter. All right. Number one. Number one. Da, 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 da. German potato salad. That's all you got? I love German potato What's salad. What's in... Because potato salad, German potatoes, I'm sure there's tons of different items that can go into German it. German potato salad? I've had potato salad. I guess I don't know if I had a German or not. So German potato salad, traditionally is served warm, it has, obviously, potatoes, vinegar, um, bacon, usually. I'm missing a few other ingredients. There's some sugar in there. Um, missing a huge one. I can't think of it right now. Anyway, it's it's more like a like the consistency of Italian dressing as opposed to mayonnaise, like normal potato salad. It's delicious. You should just go eat some German potato salad. I feel like it's got like cube cheese in it. No, no, okay. no, absolutely not. You're thinking of something different. It's got salt, probably. <laughs> I love salt. It's um, not German potato salad soup, so it's great because, you know what, just do your thing now. And you, what's your number one? Probably, number one. stupid. Mama C's mashed potatoes. My mother-in-law makes the greatest mashed potatoes on this earth. Prove it. Okay. I'll have her make some for you. I'll have her make some for us, and we will eat them on air. Giant bowl of mashed potatoes. Plop it right in the middle. Got that? Mama C, I need some mashed <laughs> got, potatoes got here that. ASAP. I will uh, get on it. I will send you a nice, polite email and phone <laughs> message after this. I'm sorry for him. <laughs> Saying, get at it. <laughs> Saying, will you please do your best at getting after it? No, you should. No, we should. I should ask her. I'm going to ask her. Mashed potatoes. I want to have her bring some in. Here's the thing. Are sure. they going to be cold by the time we eat them? No, I'll put them in the oven. I'll have her bring them over cold, so we'll put them in the oven right before we start. Get some gravy. So she's a, she's a baked mashed potato person. No, 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 no. No, okay. you can make them ahead of time. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm and just then, asking here. I just didn't then you, you, yeah, you make them ahead of time. Then you put them in the oven to rewarm them up. I got you, so man. You don't have to nuke them. Picking up what you're throwing out. Smell, are you though? You don't really seem like you are. All right, top six. Here we go. We just did Harder it. soft taco. No, yeah, that's right. Question of the podcast. Sorry, harder soft <laughs> taco. The results are in. Da, 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 da. Hard taco. Forty-seven <laughs> percent of the vote. Soft taco. Sixty-three percent of the vote. That math doesn't add up. Forty-seven plus six. Oh no, it did. It does not. That is great. Thirty-seven percent of the vote. Hard taco. Sixty-seven percent of the vote. Soft taco. Sorry. We I just put the soft taco percentage. Soft we, taco wins. We should leave me in charge of the math, apparently. <laughs> apparently, because I had 10 and 17 earlier. <laughs> um, here's, a, here's my stat. So we did all the scientific research and everything, and this is what I'm going to tell you. 
things we learn on the Mad Muse show. We educate the people because that's what we're here for. Hard Taco. Of all the women that answered, 90% like it hard. <laughs> of the gentlemen that answered, 99% liked it soft. <laughs> That's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Subscribe, rate, listen, Apple Podcasts. Give us a review, and we'll read it on air. Uh, Apple Podcasts, preferably, because that's what we check most often. Reach us. Email. MattMuse.gmail.com. Call or text 989-372-1391. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Matt and Muse. MattMuse.com. We'll be back on Monday. Do you have anything else you want to say, Matthew? No, I, I can't beat that. See ya. God, that's a-